The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. This is the PKD Black Box, episode 27. We have returned home from from the mighty uh, Heroes Con in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, <laughs> North Carolina this past weekend. Before we get started into that, there is one thing I did want to mention. Um, a few weeks ago, fellow listener Chad Burdett, aka Unknown Fanboy, on the uh, comic forums, he sent me a package of Dogfish brand beer, and he also sent me a book, and I got it right here somewhere. As a matter of fact, here it is. The book is called. Adventures in Entrepreneurship, Brewing Up a Business, from the founder of Dogfish Headcraft Brewery. He sent me the beer and the book because, you know, as you know, Chad um, makes his own home brews, which are actually pretty good. I've had a few. They're quite tasty. And um, this book, um, as uh, Chad states in his letter that he sent me, he sent me a handwritten letter, which you don't see much, you don't see much of nowadays, which is actually pretty awesome. He said here in the letter, he says, one of my favorite craft beers is Dogfish Head Brewing, Brewing sorry, out of Delaware. In this box, you will find the book written by uh, Sam Calgion, the founder of Dogfish Head, about starting a business in an industry that is dominated by big companies and makes it tough on the independent guy to break into the new market, um, be it comics or beer industry. So I found that really interesting that like he... he saw the similarities in the comics game and even in the beer game. It was very thoughtful of him to send me uh, the beer, which is quite tasty, and um, this book. And I really appreciate that, man. That's, it's, it's one of those things that's, you know, continue, continues to inspire me and keeps my spirits up even when things get rough. So I just wanted to say thanks to Chad Burdett for that. So thank you, brother. I, I do appreciate it very much. If you get a chance in a similar vein to that book you read, at about the 52 or so minute mark, at the end of John Mayo's uh, Mayo report for this past month on uh, the trades, he was talking about stuff that he's been reading on the marketing of just stuff, not necessarily comics, stuff like The Wisdom of Crowds and a couple other books that because that you may want to get the titles of and actually uh, get as well huh. it's similar books it's yeah it's uh, basically it's on marketing and how bas- and as John pointed out several times in his in uh, both that in both his last two uh, mail reports if people have to think about whether or not they should buy a book they're probably not going to buy it you know because he was referring to when he was a kid there was Hulk not Hulk Incredible Hulk Incredible She-Hulks all this so you knew which book to get the story from and every, and similar books. And so that I was actually ordered a couple of those off Amazon yesterday. You know, sometimes brand recognition can be kind of confusing sometimes, when, especially in comics when there's so much out there and, and you know, multi-crossovers that, you know, or storylines story that cross over to 15 different books. You know, if you streamline this stuff, I think it'll make it more easy, you know, for the common person to, to read the books. And it can still be entertaining for, for, for regular readers as well, you know, your regular comic goers. But, um, but that's just me. But Oh, that's a good point. I digress. I'm going to go back to the Heroes Con tip. Before I, I talk about, you know, my story, 
from your your perspective because you you know from your perspective as you know someone that's there to like you know see the artist you're there as like i don't want to say like a customer per se i was i'd I'd say i'm a civilian okay a civilian all right cool from from the civilian standpoint how do you how, how did you feel about heroes i mean heroes is one of those that especially if you're there for the whole weekend it's a great shopping con pure and simple it is a great shopping con where you get to see if you're a person who is there to buy nothing but trades, nothing but comics and uh, toys. It's it is oh it, I haven't been to a wizard con. I'm going to go to my first one in a couple in about a, two months, but I imagine it's going to be similar or may not be as good. But it's just a con where you can basically spend all day for two or three days doing nothing but hit the long boxes and trades if you want to do sketches there are as mentioned there is a ton of artists there as well in the section after really the dealers and the somewhere in the uh, exhibitors slash small press more and more of them are in uh, Indy Island and then that area and I mean, a lot of them. The prices were very, very reasonable for single figure sketches, uh, or in my case, in my sketchbook. Uh, I'd say the peop- the few, uh, most people were around twenty to twenty five dollars. Some up to thirty five. Uh, you had the occasional more name person in that from uh, that would charge you forty five to fifty. But for the most part, you could get sketches for on the for uh, inexpensive and if you were a kid as an under 12 14 they may do it for free or for really inexpensive or do a quick one for you i mean i saw roger langridge do and chris giarusso do some free sketches that were probably not quite as good as the ones they did for me but they were still excellent and they didn't charge the kids for them because i mean they were trying to help out kids and build the market but yeah, I mean, um, now that being said, I've checked since I got home a lot of the people that went to Heroes Con as artists, and it ran about a 30%. I didn't make a lot, but it was fun. Maybe 20 to 30% were I made some money and I had fun, and the remaining 50% were. I probably broke even. I'll have to check. I'll let you know later on. I like. I, I do like Heroes Con. I want to make that clear before I talk about what I'm about. What, before I say what I'm about to say, I want to make it 100% clear that I truly enjoy Heroes Con. I think it is a great show. I think it's great for comics. I think it's great for artists. And, you know, it's about art. It's about comics. Yes, they have vendors and toys and all that stuff. But it's it's about art for art's sake. And it's about comics for comics' sake. Now, having said that, I will say the following. PKD Media did have a small press booth at Heroes Con this year, as, as I'm sure many of you are well aware. We had a small press booth last year um, at Heroes Con. Uh, myself and Chad, we shared Chad Ciccone. We shared space with uh, Dave DeWanch and Super Ugly of the Geek Savants. And we were in Artist Alley last year because that's normally where small press tables are. Or not small press booths, I apologize. Small press booths, they're normally in Artist Alley. So we had a nice spot. It was cool. We were against the wall. We had a good time. I learned some lessons from last year's show, so I was prepped for this year's show, ready to go. And we get our small press booth, and this year for, for our small press booth, it was myself, Chad, and artist Andrew Charpar. And so here I am ready to roll, 
and you know there were uh, additional tables in Artist Alley this year because there were a lot of there were a lot of guests this year, tons. There were a yeah. lot of guests, and they kind of changed the layout of the show this year. It's kind of to me, it was kind of experimental. Well, in doing that, some people who bought small press booths, in a sense, kind of got the shaft, um, yeah. including us, because normally small press booths are over in Artist Alley. We were not in Artist Alley. We got pushed uh, back to the vendor section. Yeah, I think that's what kind of hurt you and a couple of others because you were, con- for some strange reason, and on the website, you're listed in exhibitors. You're not listed as an, in Artist Alley. Yeah. And see, or small and, press. Well, no, we were, we were, I think we were listed in two sections, honestly, because I saw us in the small, pr- in the small press section and in other yeah. small press. We were listed under other small press, which was cool, but we're not where we were supposed to be. So, yeah, you should have, yeah, you should have been about to make it, to give you all, a per- to give the listeners a perspective. The way Heroes Con has it set up, it's nine rows across. There are roughly four breaks in those nine going. It's like nine horizontally and four vertically. And Sean's booth was in the eight was in eight twenty eight, which is before the third break and after, before the I'm sorry before the second break. After the second break is entirely Artist Alley. Before that, there's not. And Sean and a couple of other people should have been after the break, after that second break. It, it kind of made things kind of a struggle for us for, for, for the following reasons. And, I'm, and I don't like generalizing, but I'm going to kind of have to in this point. Oh, they fucked you. I'll put it out there. They fucked you and a few others. Um, the problem is this. When you put a small press booth that has artists and independent comics in a vendor section, people who are in the vendor section walking around aren't you know they're not going to pay attention to you i mean if the only people no. that only people that are going to pay attention to you are people that are really trying to find you but they're you know but if people see that okay this is the vendor area this is the small press slash artist alley area they understand the difference but if you put a small press table in a vendor section that table is normally going to get bypassed because they just see this area this is a vendor area and they just keep going and sometimes the brain can't can't tell the difference between the two so that becomes a challenge it made it difficult for us on friday Traffic wasn't the greatest on Friday, but that's okay. We had Memorial Day weekend, so you didn't have a lot of people taking you know, uh, Friday off when they had the Monday off. So you know, we were prepped for that. That's fine. But we, you know, we were kind of tight for space, so we had to readjust our tables for Saturday. And we, we tried a new format and a new layout on our table on Saturday. And we got more traffic, which was cool, but we just had to make do with what we got because we couldn't move. We couldn't go anywhere. So we were stuck with what we got, and we tried to make the best out of it. And Sunday for us, it was completely dead because we were not where we should have been. So it was really a struggle for us. And then um, to come home from, um, from Heroes, to see emails and, like, Twitter posts of folks asking, or not folks asking, but telling me that they couldn't find us and they didn't know that we were there. Even when we made the announcements, um, you know, on our podcast and whatnot, that was very disappointing to me because yeah. I think if we were out where we were supposed to be, we'd have been all right. I think, you know, I think we all, myself, Chad and Andrew, would have done a lot better if we were where we were supposed to be. Now, I don't want it to come off as a, oh, woe is me. It's the end of the world. I don't want it to come off like that. I'm just trying to make my point across that if someone pays for a small press booth, they should be put 
where they were supposed to be and not in the vendor section. And that's something that I am going to talk with the heroes people about. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be you know, real polite, real professional about it. And I'm going to handle it well. Because if I don't do that, let's say if I try to go back to the show, what's to say that they won't do that again? Because look, let's keep it real. We're, PKD Media is small fries compared to like a lot of cats out there. And there are a lot of there are a lot of wonderful small press and independent publishers and, and books and creators and artists and stuff like that too. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that we deserve a table next to Adam Hughes. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But, I wouldn't want a table next to Adam Hughes. He's too drunk. <laughs> but um He'll what? have the smoking jacket and the pipe. Yeah, he did rock that smoking jacket and pipe on the auction. No, he didn't. On the, on no, the auction. He, didn't. Uh, he did at the auction. He did at the auction. He, he may have worn it, but he did not rock it. <laughs> well, like, yeah, he looked like a—he looked like Kevin Smith meets a uh, freaking uh, Hugh Hefner. Oh, jeez. Okay, but I'm just—I'm just saying it was just that kind of made it a bad experience, and it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. I, I talked to my wife about it, and she was just like. How come you weren't furious? She was like, you know, furious. I'd have been upset about it the whole time, and it just would have ruined my whole show. And I told her, I said, I, I didn't have a choice. I have to keep moving. And if I just sit and weigh on it all the time, then nothing gets done. Then no books, you know, then no books get sold, you know, or, or I can't pitch it to somebody. It's not, yeah. it's not about me as it is as much for Chad and Andrew, because these guys are really talented artists. You know, they do great sketches. They do great commissions. And... I just want people to notice them. I mean, if I sell a book, that's great. I think that's awesome. But I want them to get attention and recognition. Yeah. So you're in you're in uh, publisher huckster mode and not necessarily the writer guy mode here. Yeah, and and that's something else that we, that we're going to talk about lately in, in a couple of minutes, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as like the show goes itself, there were some positives that came out of it. Um, I did some networking, talked with some artists. I got to talk with Jay Potts, who does the webcomic World of Hurt, which is just fantastic. Worldofhurtonline.com. If you have not read this webcomic, it is just awesome. It is. <laughs> Imagine if Shaft had the best webcomic ever. That, you know, but I mean, that's a generalization. But trust me, the artwork is beautiful and the story is solid. It's a black exploitation comic at its finest and it's a it's a just it's just a wonderful webcomic um i talked with uh rania telgemeier who did um five dollar sketches on postcards and she gave me this awesome uh sketches of uh orion and the invisible kid from the legion of superheroes so that was really great um, <laughs> hey man i love Did you give me a blank card <laughs> jokes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Jokes. You were like the twentieth person to say that to me over the week. I have to. I, know. I mean, the best sketch I actually got. I mean, besides languages, was uh, one Ryan Dunleavy did for me. The guy who does uh, comic book comics and uh, and action philosophers. That was fun. The best book I got out of the entire time was from the guy who does hijinks and Sue. He also did a sketch for me. Uh, Joel Watson. It's basically if PVP meets Girls with Slingshot, but but for guys, and is a, and it's actually funny. Oh, cool! Instead of PVP was a few years ago. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny. It's very geek centric, and uh, I actually shot him an email today saying I love your stuff, and you've been added to my uh, feed for uh, my uh, newsreader because he's got an RSS feed. Which, if you don't have an RSS feed reader, artists, you should because that will. I know you want to get art people there, but. 
I checked around and it does count in some of the uh, analytics and some of the advertisers. So it actually can come in handy for you. I'm trying to think what else went down. Uh, we had a lot of people that we ran into during the show, like Darren stopped by and you know, cats like from the forums, like Mongoose Dog, you know, guys like Ryan King and Alan White. You know, we have a good fan base. And Stewart. You know, yeah, Stewart, Stewart was there. Uh, yeah. Luke Foster stopped by. He does a, a, a weekend webcomic on pkdmedia.com uh, called The Gang from the Store, Tales from a Comic Book Shop. He stopped by for a while. He actually held it down for me while I went to take a break on Saturday to, to clear my head, you know, which was really nice. And Charlie, uh, my... Charlie stopped by, and Charlie's a big friend of ours. He stopped by and gave us props and a lot of respect and uh, told, told us about his time in the comic book industry during the 90s, which was, uh, which was really interesting, which was very, very interesting. It was a really good talk. And um, I, I got to talk to a lot of people. If I didn't mention you, please just charge it to my head and not my heart. I had a wonderful dinner at the Cantina 1511 Mexican restaurant, and we had like about 20 pe people with us, uh, you yep. know, uh, you know, including like the Comic Geek Speak crew and yourself and, uh, you know, a ton of people. Tony. Yes, and, and Tony. Yes, Mobile yeah. Home and Jamal Eigel and his friends. And oh, Jamal was a freaking trip the entire weekend. <laughs> yes, he was. Oh, it was great during the uh, auction. Uh, me, Darren, and uh, good old uh, Jamal were reenacting the scene from the uh, diner in Blues Brothers. <laughs> like four fried chickens and a co Elwood Jake <laughs> kept doing don't you blast me don't you blast me uh, but um, uh, it's just ridiculous there were good moments I the thing that just upset me the most was was our booth placement and then you know nothing could really be done to fix it because there's nowhere else that we could go so I'm on the fence I'm on the f fence about coming going back there next year but i do love the show and i and i want to make it clear this isn't a i hate heroes con speech or anything like that that's not the point it's not it's just that um you know seven hundred dollars is a lot of money because yeah. that that that's how much that booth costs it's it's a lot of money and if you know if we are going to take that money and invest in that i'm not once again i'm not saying that they have to give us give us the world but at least give us a chance to compete. To compete, that's all. That's all I want. Just, I just want a chance to compete. So, I, yeah, I was gonna say. I think what that has taught us, in a way, is that it, next year, if we, if you do it, I think there's some way, some different ways that you that we that uh, you can look at doing it. Maybe instead of buying one small press table, buying two or three artist alley tables. Well, see, here's the thing with that. Now, yeah. see, the artist alley tables are like three hundred a pop, if memory serves me right. Yeah, I so, get two of them. You're yeah. Right, you get you get two of them, but see, but the, for, but here's the problem with that: you get two of them, and they're smaller tables. Yeah. And seeing that they're smaller tables, that's six hundred dollars. To which they will say, which they may say, hey, for an additional hundred dollars, we can give you a small press booth. You can yeah, say, well, are you going to fuck me and put me where you did last year? Yeah, good point. Um, yeah, I mean, and I mean, and put it in no uncertain terms. If you do that next year, say, I want to save a hundred dollars, get two artist alley tables. I mean, that way you split. Say we did it this like we did you did this year, Andrew on one side, Chad on the other, and you in the middle. That way they you didn't have as deep as a uh, setup as somebody like Dave uh, Wachter did, who basically had to shove everything into a thin into a sm thinner six foot table. And one other thing to consider is also 
maybe go uh, talk to other art people that you know are going to go, like a Kevin Freeman, like a uh, if I doubt they'll I don't know if they'll do it because of the travel and everything. Even though I think they broke even or made money, uh, a Dave Juanch or a Super Ugly, maybe get a, a Dave Wachter or the uh, Ryan Anderson who does Panda Dog Press. Or talk to a few other people and negotiate and see about getting maybe getting to throw in on like six or seven tables, maybe even eight, and say we want a corner or we want a square. Right. Yeah. No. And that's yeah. that that that's a strong possibility. That's just going to take a lot of work, and you know, an open communication on on both sides. Because the thing is, is that once again, small fries. So. It's going to take a lot of communication and effort from, like, you know, our side as well as, like, the hero side to make sure that everything is tied up in a nice rainbow. Now, and the thing is, is that, like I said, it's not just us. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not just us. They have to take care of a number of people. They got to take care of a number of artists, high, high-level pros, mid-carters. It, there's, a lot for them. there's a lot for them to handle, and sometimes people can get lost in the storm. And I yeah. and I and I understand that yeah, I I really do. But at the same time, it's like I said, it's one of those things where so much money was spent. It changed. It just I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words right now. But it just affects it affects how effective we could have been. That that's what I'm trying to get across. Small fry, yes. But there's also the collective. If you can have a few other people go in with you. In strength, in in strength and numbers, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what we'll probably um, and that's what we'll probably have to do. But again, I did enjoy the show. I thought it was, I thought the show itself was fun. Plenty, and once again, plenty of artists. There were so many people I wanted to see and, and talk to. I did get to talk with Robert Atkins, who does uh, the uh, does like a lot of the work for IDW's GI Joe, and of course the regulars like Daniel Corsetto and and all that stuff. Just a bunch. Of wonderful people. It is a good show. I, I think it was like a, I think it's going to be a learning experience from like all sides this year. I mean, for me and for like a lot of people that may not have done as well that did well the year before, and maybe for the heroes people. But I think the one thing that needs to be noted is is that if, if the people that had issues with the show don't say anything, history just repeats itself. So. Yeah, the biggest problems as I noticed because I was on the floor. Most of Friday, most of Sunday, and about maybe half of Saturday. It's not because I was just tired on Saturday. The traffic of the back half of the 100s, the back, pretty much all of the 900s except on Sunday, and in the back wall, unless you're between basically 300 and 300 and 700, it was dead. It was just piss poor dead because except for in part it's because i think that they're doing something different that they did the last two years compared with the year before in 2008 which was my first year the big artist signings were in the front okay they did not have the separate section like they had over i think it was around the the mid 300s where they had the liefeld signing Yes. Every day, and uh, the other siding that was basically flipped to that, and I think because of that, they've got that huge open space there when Liefeld or whoever isn't signing isn't there, and that's going to be a detriment to those people that are behind it. And on the 900s, that wall—I hate to say it—that wall they had behind you guys in the 800, 
all the way down just did not there and having no dealers or anything right there because that's also where the loading dock is uh the year before uh in 2008 because it was in c the loading dock was actually in the back was in the very back of at the end of the 800s 900s instead of being at the very front of the 900s those two things being said i think that is going to is killing traffic if you're in those areas. I mean, I look at it from the aesthetics view as somebody who's set up and run uh, small conventions and uh, and been a, a a thrower down of for stuff at a um, university where I had to do setup and everything and looking at for that your flow traffic would be and everything. And I think they're I think moving to the larger space and having some areas i think that they're cutting down on the flow for people that tend to be in the areas that i talked to and were very slow and that you observed were very slow right and that's a learning experience this is only their second year in that spot right yeah and 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 then that's something i try to take into consideration as well and like i said i try to i try to respect that and i'm just trying to find the best way to present my issue to the show to you know not to be a pest but just to get a point across that hey i don't you know my personal opinion i don't think this worked this didn't work for us because i feel that what we paid for is and what we got. The one thing I also, another thing I want to talk about, a gentleman by the name of uh, Martin, and I, I apologize, Martin, because I don't have your book in front, your books in front of me right now. Uh, he's the head of the Cosmic Times uh, comic label. Um, he was at um, at Heroes, and he stopped by our table. He's he's a he's a forum member on the comic forums boards. Really nice gentleman. Really great guy. He stopped by our table. He bought some of our books, and he dropped off all of his books that they've printed in the past year because he's also part of that Indie Comic Book Week last year that was nationwide. And he dropped off some stuff and you know thanked us for what we do. And he just and he gave me these books and he just asked me if you know if the time if I had time to you know give a critique. And I said yeah sure. You know I stuff like that still blows me away. You know what I mean? Because like you know, some people think that like we're like you know way up here, and I'm like no, you know we're still we're still at ground level. We're still at ground level. We're hustling to to get higher every single day, every single week, but we're still at ground level. But um, I was really you know it was really nice and very and very you know polite and, and kind of him to do that. So uh, I just wanted to, to give him props and say thanks. So um, but I promise to read those books very soon. something else I just want to talk about for a few minutes and a good friend of mine uh, sent me an email about it and it really made me reflect on it a little bit more uh, before I came into this recording now now John as you know I serve as a writer publisher promoter podcaster pretty much do everything except draw I'm you know I'm also the guy that hosts the you know that runs the website Props to Philip Duncan for putting that together and other things, too. We've had a few books come out this year, and we've got one more book coming out later on this year if things go according to plan. And um, I'm about to start a project, a Kickstarter fundraiser project in, the, in a couple of weeks so I can raise money because this can't, you know, doing this can't come out of my pockets anymore because it's just, you know, it's really taken up, uh, you know, a load of its own. I received the um, Spirit of Comics War from CG, from Comic Geek Speak this year. 
our, our podcast, which has which um, which many people do not know because I haven't posted this yet. Um, our podcast has been nominated for two 2010 Parsec Awards, you know, which is a really big deal. We've only been up since November 2009, and we've we've been nominated for two Parsec Awards. So um, I they asked for a sample of our podcast as just proof that we fit in the two categories uh, that we were nominated for, which are as follows. Uh, apologies, I should have had this um, up and running already. We were nominated for. Best Speculative Fiction Fan or News Podcast and Best Podcast About Speculative Fiction Content Creation. That's a pretty big deal, man. Knowing me, I'm sure those were episodes with Donnie and not me, so... <laughs> you cut it out. You cut it out. We, we, we you notice it. he doesn't deny it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, stop it. Stop it. We, You know what, man? We've had some good shows together. That episode with Zach Cruzy with us interviewing Zach was fantastic. And also yeah. the, inter- the episode with... Uh, Patrick Lewandowski was, you know, that me and you did was also very good. So, you know, know, we we split it up pretty well. This is like a a three-headed show. You know, there are times where I like to do things by myself. There are times where I honestly do need you on the show to help me interview somebody because sometimes I can't interview I can't interview interview alone sometimes yeah there are times where I just like talking with Donnie and there are just times like I want to talk to all you guys so mixing it up helps me out a lot and it keeps me calm but yeah. saying all that and hearing it and saying all this and uh, and everything, I really feel that I'm really stretching myself thin. And but I'm at a and I'm at a crossroads about this because I love doing this, but because I'm doing everything, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. Some things suffer. Um, example, I, I you know I've got scripts that are due probably within like a, no more than thirty days from now. And I want to make sure that I can actually give give my best and give my all. And because I focus so much on doing all, doing trying to do everything at once, I think a lot of things have suffered in a in a sense that you know I'm starting to struggle a little bit. And I think that I need to start putting trust in other people. And by that, not from the podcast standpoint, because making the podcast bi-weekly is actually a blessing, but I'm talking about as far as writing these books, I'm starting to realize that I can't write every single book that comes out on, under this banner. And I need to start having faith in others and trust in others to give people a chance to uh, to do some writing. So I'm going to change things up a bit in the next six months. I'm going to let go of writing some writing some of these books. I'm going to let some other people handle handle this stuff. I'm going to give I'm going to try to give people some breaks. I'm going to try to break some people in. My biggest fear has always been if I let somebody in my house, will they respect it and will they show the same passion that I have when it comes to making comics? You know, this is something I'm real serious about and I'm just and I've, I just, you know, this is something that I want. This is something that I need in my life. This is one of the things that makes me happy day in and day out. It beats the living daylights out of my nine to five. And I just want this to continue to grow and prosper. I, I feel I'm a very good promoter and I feel that I'm also a very charismatic person. I think that helps us sell comics. But at the same time, by trying to do all this stuff at once, if the writing suffers, why would anybody buy a book? Or if I focus on writing, who's going to take care of promoting? And I'm going to get more help on the promotion tip. And I'm going to let other people uh, create content for PKD Media as well. 
As a matter of fact, gentleman by the name of John Marcianti, um, Johnny M, as we know, he's one of the co-hosts on the Legion of Dudes podcast. He and uh, artist Dean Stahl are collaborating on a comic which will debut on PKDmedia.com sometime next year, uh, hopefully at the beginning of the year. It's a martial arts uh, comic. <laughs> and um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, he has been working on the script. I've been helping him, trying to help him as far as, you know, writing, as far as writing comics in general. He and, and Dean have been working on character designs. It's been a very positive experience. And... I'm coming in from like an editorial standpoint. I'm being very hands-on with it, and it's really worked out really well. And, it, and that feels good to me. And seeing that gives me faith that if I say, hey, would so-and-so like to write Mercury and the Murd? Here's the story. Can you do it? Here's the character Bible. Run with it. And you and Chad, you know, and so-and-so and Chad, and whoever was writing it in Chad Ciccone, hey, y'all work on this. Break this down. Let's go. It's due here let's roll it's it's just going to be hard for me to let let some things go because i'm so used to doing everything by myself and even when i know i got people that i can depend on i've been let down by people so many times in my life it's hard to let things go and now i'm starting to learn that i can't do this by myself anymore and it's start oh go ahead i was gonna say go i was gonna say you're starting to burn out um, I'll, a little bit, a, a little bit, a, a little bit. And I, I need to, I, I just, I need to let some things go because I want to still, I still, I love making these books, man. I love making these comics. I love doing this podcast and I just, I just realized that I just really need help. I either, you know, I, I, I need help. This whole weekend at Heroes Con really opened up my eyes to a lot of things. And, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thankful for that. And, you know, who knew getting, <laughs> who knew getting a crappy spot um, would really uh, bring to light everything else, bring to light everything else. So um, in a way, it was very therapeutic. So it, I, th I think it's good. And that's why I wanted to talk. I know I've been hogging the mic this evening. <laughs> it's okay. But um, I wanted to, I just wanted to talk to you one-on-one -on -one because, like, you know, for the people that, you know, will listen to this episode, listen to this segment, this is, this is real talk. This is no bullshit. This is, this is honest, real talk. I mean, if you want to get in and make comics – this shit ain't easy. It's, it's not. It's work. Day in and day out. It is work. And if you want to do this, you better be ready to put that work in. I don't care if it's a mini comic. I don't care if it's a web comic. I don't care if it's a graphic novel. I don't. It doesn't matter. You got to put in work. And you got to be dedicated to it. So I'm still down for the ride. I just need to work on me a little bit. And and divvy up some responsibilities. As an outsider on this, and somebody who is got a more of a jaundiced eye at the industry and towards a lot of stuff, I think it would be good. And here's why: you can have a more diverse product line because that way you're not being the sole writer of everything. You can have more people out there that are doing underneath the PKD Media banner. Mm -hmm. take like some of the stuff Dean does and the one you said Johnny M does cool do it I'll put it out for you put a call out if you wanted to put out a call to the forum and say I want some artists and writers uh, I'm going to do a anthology book give me a four page story or a six page or eight page story get an artist 
go. And that way you could expand the line. You might, and some of those stories could turn out to be very good. I mean, take, um, somebody pointed out to me this past weekend, take, remember the CGS anthology book? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. I agree with what he said. For the most part, those stories were not very good. There were a couple of good ones, but for the most part, they weren't. But that's where you being the editor could come in handy because you could get people to write and draw for that. And that you could go, well, no, I'm not just going to put this out. I want you to do better. I want you to give me more. That's one way you can expand expanding the line because, as you said, you're getting tired. And this way you can have people do more uh, more in your universes or create their own universes. I, I agree with you 100%. And yeah. this would also give me more, you know, more free time to make a, you know, make a digital market push, try to, you know, try to work with more digital distributors. Also, maybe even give Diamond a, a second go. <laughs> yeah. You know, even give them a second go. Yeah. I'm sorry for laughing after I said the word diamond. But, um. Yeah, that's that's a such an in joke. It's scary. <laughs> and one other thing is having more artists and writers, or that you can go to, prevents you from being too dependent on one or two people for everything. Right. Because let's say, God forbid, something happened to Chad and he can't draw, or let's say something. And say work all of a sudden changed and you got more responsibilities and you couldn't write, but you still wanted to put out stories. Or you hit a writer's block and you need or you and you want people to give you input and say and you pitch them an idea and say, I've got this idea, what do you think of it? And they can go, Well, here's some other stuff you can do in that. And vice versa. Say I came to you with like I have this idea for X. What do you think? And you can say, well, you need to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G along to even get started on that idea. And at the same time, how about these ideas to go with it? Uh-huh. It gives you it gives you backup and it gives the other people a support group. One thing that is weird that I noticed because I actually talked to the 12-gauge comics guys, that's something that they kind of do. I mean, it's if the three years I've been going there, they've gone from a small booth like yours – to uh, about a double booth last year to having an end cap this past year, mm-hmm. which they had a big presence. I mean, they gave me some, and I talked to them and they said that they've expanded and they've done better because they are, there's more people that are doing it. I mean, three years ago, they had maybe three guys behind their booth. Last year, they had about five, and this year, they had about six or seven. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah they did. They, they rolled deep. <laughs> they were they cracked me up all weekend. <laughs> they gave me some they kept they were every time I'd walk by on Saturday they were like you want some food? You want some food? They kept giving me cotton candy and candy. <laughs> like who are you with, PKD? I, I, I felt that I, I felt that this talk needed to this this needed to be this this stuff needed to be said. And I, I really feel that I I needed to get this off my chest. So um and I think it was necessary. Because, like I said, I, I love this game, and I want to be a part of it. And and Stanley Roy Orr, as now Dave DeWanch has uh, now uh, labeled me Barack Barack Comics. Barack Comics, which is utterly hilarious. But I will get that T-shirt. Oh, and Donnie is Joe Biden. Oh, Donnie's Joe Biden. Okay, we can deal with that. <laughs> because you never know what the. F- is coming out of, out of Donnie's mouth. Exactly. No, we, I, I, I could agree with that. But um, At least with me, you know it's going to be 
well, I'm going to be insane. I'm just not going to be too insane. Right. So, but yeah, hey, man, I can I can deal with being Barack Comics. Barack Comics, giving you a change in comics that you can believe in. Exactly. So, uh, so no. And saying that doing a little bit of change in yourself and your approach is going to also help you grow the brand. That's that's a big deal for me because I'm not the type of person to talk. You know, you know, use words like product and brand and all this stuff. I just want to make comics, but at the same time, from a business perspective, I kind of got to talk about that a bit. So yeah. it, it's 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 learning, it's learning, it's a learning process. So I feel that it's necessary for me to uh, take that step and uh, take that responsibility that I take that responsibility. I should have t- I should have took a long time ago and do more with it. I have a just a couple of questions about your process. Uh, one, who's the who do you usually use for an editor? Um, sometimes it's me, and sometimes depending on the book, Dave has helped me out. Dave DeWatch has helped me out tremendously uh, with certain books. Um, sometimes I'll put it through like four or five eyes before it goes to press. Um, but like when we did the uh, the original Mercury and the Merc book, that was Dave. Um, Agents of Cult, that was all me, and. Um, and the PKD Media Presents Anthology, Dave did a lot of uh, editing on that. Um, he, ser- he served as editor, co-editor, um, if memory serves me right, when we had that out. I think me giving up some writing responsibilities, I think that'll make me more of an effective editor, too. And, yeah, I was going to say, how much other, how much pure editing have you done? Um, I, I think script-wise, it's kind of like sometimes like I'll let it fly. Although I do have character Bibles, um, I'll let some... Yeah, I mean, mean, other than your own stuff. Other than my own stuff, as far as editing other people's stuff? um, Yeah. I'm currently editing the uh, John Marcianti, uh, Dean Stahl project. Um, I also might be editing two other webcomic projects. So, so, you know, I've kind of got my work cut out for me. I think it'll really help you if you edit people's stuff. Yeah. And the other big question I have is how much screenwriting have you read or done i mean how much experience did you have before you started this before i started this screenwriting wise like i had been in and out of writing screenplays for probably like about 10 years and then from there after deciding to make the big push to want to write comics that's when you know i bought the materials the alan moore books the uh, dennis o'neill books you know, reading stuff from, uh, you know, reading Chuck Dixon scripts, Dwayne McDuffie scripts. Dude, I think I've done so much. You can never you can never stop learning, but there's also a point to where you could come to actually over-educate yourself yeah. and hurt yourself. So I've kind of just kind of, I'm not saying I've thrown that stuff away. I need to not constantly always follow their templates. I need to be able to just, you know, write out my stories and get things out. Because sometimes I, I I hit these blocks where I know what I want where where I want the story to go and what I want the story to be, but the voices sometimes don't come out. So, and that's where I need to just like I said, and a lot of that's just due to doing too many other things. So, but, yeah, and that's where, as we were saying, letting go a little bit will help you because that way you can take your time a little bit more. Right. And if you do get some writer's block, it's okay. Right. It's and, okay. No, no, yeah, and that's what I need to learn. Uh, you yeah. know, sometimes I get so focused on, I got to make sure this book gets out because I've seen, I've seen people that do indie books and small press books say, oh, hey, we got this book coming out and you never see it. Yeah. <laughs> you never see it, never sees the light of day. Yeah. And I always feel like I've got a chip on my shoulder because like, I always feel like I always have to prove something to somebody because I always just feel that, you know, I, sometimes I think 
I'm not saying that uh, you know the whole Stan Leroy thing, the Barack comics thing. Yeah, it's cute and and it's it's funny for me. It's that's like my you know those are my inner hype men. You know what I mean? There's you know Stan Leroy yeah. is the guy that gets people excited about comics. Barack comics is that guy that wants you to believe in comics. But Sean Pryor is the person that runs it all, and and so I always feel like I have something to prove because I always feel that people like look at me like he's not going to keep going. This is just a fluke. And, and I just always feel like I have something to prove. And I, some of that's just me, but, um, I, I said, I can't quit this. I, I love, I love it too much, but also at the same time, I need to realize that you're right. I need to let some stuff go. And that concludes this week's PKD Black Box. The PKD Black Box is available via iTunes, or you can go to pkdmedia.com to get our show, check out our form, and read comics like Mercury and the Murd, XO one on the Rock Solid Steel Bots, Agents of Colt, and Luke Foster's The Gang from the Store, six days a week for free. And if you're on iTunes or our forum board, drop us a line or email us at blackbox at pkdmedia.com. Thanks again for listening. Until then, dream big and hustle hard. Thank you.